185milesouth.com. Smash that Patreon button. From dehumanization to orange production, for the benefit of a nation or its destruction. Power is power, it's the law of the land. Those who live for death will die by their own hands. Life is no ordeal if you can come to terms. Reject the system which dictates the norm. From dehumanization to orange production, for the benefit of a nation or its destruction. It's your choice. Peace or annihilation! One hundred and eighty-five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are back and talking hardcore. And this week, we're talking a great year for hardcore. 1983. Holy shit. The Antidote 7 Inch comes out. United Blood comes out. What else is happening this year, Dan? <laughs> I mean, tent poles of everybody who's listening's record collection records come out this year. Like, there is a lot to choose from, and it's going to get grimy. It's going to get dirty. It's going to get skullduggerous. Yeah. Ben, what's the State of the Union for 1983? All right. It's UK mob versus NYC mob. It's UK subhumans versus Canadian subhumans. It's Riot Squad by Coxbar versus Riot Squad by Bad Brains. It's 1.5 versus Hardcore. 80, 81, and 82 are more formative years, but 83 is where Hardcore is now in every city. And a tidal wave of releases by bands with initials as names are being pumped out. Debut records by D-I, D-R-I, P-I, C-I-A, A-F, S-T, B-G-K, A-O-D, Double O, Circle One, Antidote, Naked Ray Gun, The Faction, Ill Repute, Aggression, United Mutation, Secret Hate, Honor Roll, Jerry's Kids, Rebel Truth, and Bad Posture, demos by Rob Howard, Murphy's Law. Bands who broke up this year, Minor Threat, Misfits, The Faith, Bad Religion, Temporarily, Record labels that are formed, R&B Records, Thrasher Magazine with the first skate rock cassette comp, DSI Records, Fountain of Youth, No Future spinoff, Future Records, Toxic Shock, Buy Our Records, and Zach's favorite label, Get Away Records. 1.5, still going strong-ish with records by Channel 3, Chronic Sick, The Dicks, The Effigies, The Freeze, Legal Weapon, Social Distortion, and the aforementioned Naked Raygun and DI. But it is losing out to straight up fast as fuck hardcore. And then this is the best section. Shit getting weird. Bad Religion takes off the bandanas and spurs and starts dropping LSD. Blitz trade in their boots for synths. And the Beastie Boys put down their guitars and start crank calling a Carvel ice cream shop. And the last thing to note is our 100 best punk slash hardcore records of the 80s master list, which you can look up on um, 185milesouth.com. If you check that out and you count the uh, total number of 
records that came out in 1983 on the master list. It is the greatest number uh, for any year with 19 entries. So we, we picked collectively more records from this year than any other year in the 80s. Dude, I got so excited about talking 83, I forgot to introduce everyone. So uh, everyone, that was uh, Ben Merlis, a.k.a. Ben Edge, a.k.a. Bedge. Ben, how you doing? Uh, uh, pretty well. Awesome. Also up and out, it is the best recipe out of the pod. It is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan? Rodri's on fire. Your defense is terrified. Totally won't make sense. Thanks for dating the pod. Uh, and also rounding us out, don't call him Cincinnati. It is the man known as Clevo. What's up, Clevo? From dehumanization to arms production, this year is fucking off the hook. Hell yeah. Clevo, jump right in. What's your opinion on 83? So every time we do one of these, I mean to like post a picture of my list because I make these these lists when I do them. And also because I'm not sure people listening understand how difficult this actually is. It sounds like we're having a good time, but like we do put a lot of work into this. This is the shortest list I've ever made. But if I get any seven songs on my list, my playlist like theoretically could win any vote. So like any playlist we make out of the records we picked on this is like going to be possibly the best playlist we've made out of any of the super sevens we've made. The year is so good. It is insane. And also everyone, I'm Zach. Some you hit me up like I should introduce myself. What the fuck? Y'all know Just go on the website. Um, yeah, Dan, let's jump right in. We're doing a super seven on this. Tell them the rules of the super seven and let them know the order. Okay. So a super seven is a competitive, playlist making fun little competition so we go in like fantasy football order pick one picks a song that band is still up for grabs but that song is taken at the end of seven rounds with seven picks per person we throw it up to the 185 faithful to vote on who they think has the best playlist um it's really fun and all of the songs, if if they're all on Spotify, sometimes there's a couple missing, but we'll tell you where to find them if we know that is non-Spotify. <coughs> Clevo. Um, <laughs> we'll throw them up as a giant 28-song playlist and maybe even a couple of other things that we've mentioned throughout the time get tacked on just for fun. But you got to go listen to that stuff because it is the stuff of gold. Now, for 1983, there's going to be a lot of stuff here that you probably know but it's all going to be in one place for your lovely little eardrums to dial in on it. The order this time is myself, Zach, then Ben, then Clevo bringing up the Ohio curse. Yeah, I love it. Um, Okay. I just want to like say one thing about the competition aspect is we're doing this, the playlist that's the best for us. Like it's, we're not catering, right, Dan? Oh, absolutely. When I say competitive, I mean, we just like to have fun with it on the back end. It it literally is just like, these are our favorite songs. If the listeners agree with you or don't, that really doesn't necessarily matter. We're not like putting seven songs that we think would be universally agreed upon because, you know, we've all picked some serious left field stuff in the past that people have gone, are you fucking kidding? Right. Yeah, but but we should say for 1983, there is a moral obligation to pick 
a song first for the playlist, Dan. So I have a question for you. Are you going to do the right thing or not? I'm living that villain gimmick. Fuck no. <laughs> well, I, what, what are you taking? What I would like to say is, do we just put that as the lead off track just for, just for the sake of the thing? And then we all pick our picks after this. Don't try to like wiggle the rules, Dan. You either do the right thing or you live in shame, like not picking a minor threat for the straight edge Super 7. Well, you know that that has been cement boots for me and, and I'll never wriggle out of it. So may as well add it onto the gimmick. I'm going to blow some salt in your eyes right now, everyone. And, and you're going to take Blitz New Age. Well, I'm not only taking the best punk song of 1983 i'm taking the best potentially the best punk song of all time zach has already predicted it in the group chat predicted it just now i mean how could it it's there how could i not take it new age by blitz well well, dan you got to do the right thing for 83 so we're going to uh send this off to uh the ghost of tim yohannan I am the ghost of Tim Yohannan. I will not allow it. All right, Dan, you've officially lost your turn. Uh, And we move on to number two, which has moved up to number one. And uh, I will do the right thing. From dehumanization to arms production, for the benefit of a nation or its destruction, power is power, it's the law of the land. Those who live for death will die by their own hands. Life is no ordeal if you come to terms. Reject the system which dictates the norm from dehumanization to arms production for the benefit of a nation or its destruction. It's your choice. Peace or annihilation. Number one song of 1983. Dan, you're fucking crazy. It's the first song on the playlist. This song is so perfect. And it's like not only America's answer, but it's the West Coast answer to like the DB sound, right? Like we can do it too. And they knock it out of the park with this song lyrically and like, Oh my God, the vibe is just out of this world. Also just want to note that the breakdown on this song, it, the way it comes in is so perfect. I love when like a breakdown like this hits with like no buildup into it, just right in kind of like a judge does on my way on in my way, you know, just right in. And then it's the perfect tempo, you know, and I just picture this thing as like being a fucking war zone when it hits like, oh, my God. And this song is so short, just in and out. Absolutely perfect hardcore song. Best song of 83. And uh, that's what's up. Number one on the playlist. Clevo, you shouted this out uh, for a second there. What's your take on this? Um, this is actually when I was doing my my research. This is actually the last record from 1983 I listened to today because I just wanted I wanted to be fresh, uh, fresh in my mind uh, when we were talking about it. Um, you know, I've also heard it called you know sort of the West Coast answer to Agnostic Front. Um, sort of at the same time, it's got that kind of that same vibe. Um, so yeah, it's it's fucking great. Um, you know, it it just really. Um, we we talk a lot on here about like what we want from punk records. You know, we want things to f- feel urgent and vital. We want it to say something. We want it to be, you know, angry. And this record has all of it. 
Yeah, it's just straight up, straight up so good. Um, okay, little controversy here. We're going to send it to Timo Johan and see if uh, he agrees with uh, this move I've made. I am the ghost of Tim Johannan. I will allow it. All right. Okay. Now the rest of us, we're going to vote if Dan gets to go second or if his, uh, his line stepping was so egregious, he gets bumped to the fourth slot. Uh, I vote Dan goes second. So he's not too mad. What do you think, Ben? Um, I'm so confused right now that I'll just defer to, uh, the boss, uh, Zach. What, uh, sure. That sounds fine. <laughs> okay. With two votes, Dan, you're now in the second slot and, uh, you can go ahead and take your pick. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm taking the best punk song of all time. You know, that's what, that's how I feel about it today. And there's a, you know, could be different on a different day, but. The kids on the street and the kids everywhere, all I got to say is the kids don't care. New Age by Blitz. There is This is the sweet spot of Blitz being like the best oi band ever. And now they're starting to look towards synth pop <laughs> as a, an influence as well as, you know, post-punk, etc. But this is this sweet spot as they are still the best oi band ever or arguably the best oi band ever whilst just doing that meme where they're like holding hands with the girlfriend and then looking over the shoulder at something else. And that's what new age is. It is just the best sounding song ever. The guitars amazing. The rhythm section, just hammering on that bass and, and things. And you know what? This is, like if you cut me open right now, like inside my DNA, it will say mid tempo banger, and you wow. know it's not just referring to my sexual prowess; it's uh, <laughs> actually referring to the songs that just do it for me the most. And this is the banger of all mid tempo bangers, don't you think? I think it's one of the greatest songs of all time. I would argue it doesn't bang, but it's a great song. It's a great pick because it's the one to pull off this record. Right. Or is it just a seven inch this year, Dan? Seven inch. Yeah. 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 It's a great classic song, you know? And then in my opinion, they completely fall off the stick. Although I've seen a lot of people loving the, uh, the last couple records in recent years. So, but I also think that like a lot of, a lot of liking bands later catalogs now, like in an unironic way is because, everything's on streaming. So you can like just pick and choose a couple songs. You don't have that, like that regret of like, Oh dude, I heard blitz in my friend's car. And like, you went out and like, you know, spent like your weekly money on like a blitz CD and ended up getting like some bullshit. You got you know, second like, empire justice first. <laughs> right. Yeah. We've, we've all had like those experiences, right? Like, and not that one with me, like, but you know what I'm saying? Like getting, I, I, getting field dayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got like that late Exodus record, like that one with that weird art cover, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" But uh, yeah, great pick, Dan. Uh, Clevo, you want to say anything on this? Yeah, I think that um, you know this. I feel like this this song is really this type of 
this type of music is just having a resurgence now. And I think that, the, I think that the DNA from this, from this seven inch is, is really, there's a lot of bands across, across, you know, punk, post-punk, post-hardcore, just sort of hardcore adjacent, just using, using this as, as a bit of a blueprint. And it's, it's, you know, it's refreshing. Um, you look at bands like, like how much do you think like a band like Homefront owes to this sound? well yeah but i think like even you know high viz probably owes a little bit to this and you know just like across the board like like bands that you know are really you know that we talk about a lot um but i think that there's other bands too that you know are just doing it and it is it is nice to see that there's there's there is a little bit of a you know it's not not everything samey anymore true um let's see here who's number three that'd be me ben oh yeah ben do you want to say anything about this or you want to take your pick yeah i had this as one of my honorables it's sort of the uh the transition single between blitz the oi band and blitz the post-punk band so you kind of have the best best of both worlds on this uh song and i do think it's better than any one song on Second Empire Justice. I, I think they they leaned. I wouldn't say they leaned to post punk because I love bands like Joy Division, but there's just not as many. There's 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 not songs that have hooks like the hook on this song uh, on Second Empire Justice. So great pick, Dan, and of course dehumanization. Great pick, Zach. So for my number one, I'm gonna go. You know what? Today, I felt like drinking a Pepsi, but my yes. mom, who lives many, many miles away, she just wouldn't give me a Pepsi, and it really made me upset. So um, institutionalized suicidal tendencies, this is like, this is the song they're going to be remembered by. It's pretty obvious. Uh, and when I, I remember exactly where I was when I first heard it, I was in the parking lot of the Ralphs on 3rd and La Brea, sitting in my uncle's car with rodney on the rock playing and i thought wow what is going on with this song it's like someone telling a story but losing their mind at the same time ranting the verses just spoken verses and then screaming the choruses what more can be said about suicidal tendencies institutionalized it's just kind of like a singular i say this about a lot of things but I, I'm picking singular songs for a reason because if someone else picked this first, I don't know if anything else from this album, which is pretty great all the way through, would be a pick of mine. Um, so Sublim- subliminal, subliminal is very close, and I think it's better. Um, I don't know. Memories to tomorrow is really good. Well, it doesn't matter. This is the song. Uh, <laughs> so flip up your hat, wear your put on your bandana. You get your dangly earring and go out and do a bunch of bonelesses um, and have Glennie Friedman film you doing it. Shout out Lisa Fancher yeah. who put out this record in 1983. Yeah, this is a great song, classic song, and we should all do our suicidal Tennessee's talk now. Um, it might bail me out because there's like 10 things I need on my list and I was going to take subliminal, but uh, I think Ben, you can have this. And uh, yeah, sick pick. I mean, this LP is so crucial and it's a wild fast beat on this, right? Like minor threat and like the DC bands do like a nice 
like double time fast beat. And like, this is like unhinged. It's so sick. So uh, yeah, Clevo, what do you got on this? I mean, you know, just really a foundational band. Um, you know, I think that this is definitely one of the songs they'll be remembered for. But um, I remember when I was in school, um, you know, everyone, everyone, no matter what they were into, everyone knew I saw your mommy. I think that might be the actual song that they might be yeah. remembered for widely, um, which is kind of sad because that's just kind of the joke, the joke song. Um, you know, um, I will fall in love today. I think is a great song. I, I mean, this this record is is just front to back, just crucial. Like this is this is the suicidal record. Um, you know, they'll have a couple hits um, after this, but really. This is this is front to back. This is the record. Well, it's a hardcore record, right? Like yeah. they do a great album of another style. That how I laugh tomorrow. I can't even smile today. Is like one of my favorite albums of all time of any genre. But this is like the the punk record or the hardcore record. Yeah, I want more. Might be my favorite song off this. I don't know. This whole thing is it's completely essential, you know. And like it's funny because it's one of those albums that has like so many tentpole moments, but it's also like better as a sum of all parts. Cause it really does take you on a journey. Like listen to this thing, like all the way, you know, I encourage anyone to go back and listen to this. If they haven't in a while, like, you know, when you you're going on a, a nice drive or something, just take it all in. It's wild. It is a, a great timeless record. Dan, you want to speak on this or should we send it to Clevo for his number one? Yeah, I, I, I'm uh, with Clevo. Like, I saw your mommy is the one that really stands out to me. But in recent years, because L7 Pretend We're Dead is just a complete rip off of it, and I wonder if they ever got any of that 120 minutes money. Um, I discovered this song before anything, obviously due to MTV and like coming over visiting my dad and seeing it on MTV and just being like this the whole aesthetic, the whole presentation about him, like just bitching, you know, about what's been happening to him and then freaking out. Like it captures the young mind immediately, you know? Um, So it's a great pick. It's a, it is a, something that escaped the genre to go, way more mainstream and blow minds across the, across, you know, other genres and to the average Joe in the street, you know? Clevo, let's go to you for your number one. Are you going to take something off out of step or because there's so many good songs in there? Are you uh, saving it for another round? Dude, you're taking get it away, right? No, I'm actually, you know, going strategically um, because a lot of these records have, a lot of songs that I would be happy having on my list. Um, I'm actually going to go Bad Brains, opening track off of Rock for Light, and I'm going to go with Coptic Times. Mm. Um, and that's mostly because um, I'm a Roar cassette guy, and um, you know, whatever you know is re-recorded, remixed, whatever for um, for Rock for Light is is not uh it's not my favorite but i think coptic times uh is just such a great song i love like it just it just kicks in you know these are coptic times go and then uh that bass breakdown in the middle um that little jazzy bass and then it goes back in um i love the song um you know and bad brains you know god tier band um you know 
you know, Minor Threat, Minor Threat, and a lot of other bands learned a lot from them. So, um, taking Bad Brains, um, definitely going to come back to some of those other bands we've talked about so far. But this is really, this is really something I wanted to have on my list to make sure I got it. I love this song. I'm with you. I'm Roar all day. Um, and this is a wild one, dude. You know, I'm going to play Poser here for a minute and let everyone know. Like, I always like didn't love this record because of those re-recordings and like they're played like way too fast. You know, it like loses a little bit like the pulse. And I didn't know that like, yeah, it's like in 1990, I think, or 92, like they do a remix on it and speeds everything. They sped everything up a tick. So it's kind of wild because uh, they just recently in the last year or so, like re-released from the original stuff. So like if you have stuff pre-1990, it's like the correct speed. And if it's post-1990, it's like the wrong speed or like a, a studio sped up speed. Like what's on Spotify is faster if you listen to it compared to like the recent press like that came out. And like, I think it's, I think it's the Caroline CD is also the, the wrong speed. So the Caroline CD that came out sometime, um, sometime in the nineties. Um, definitely. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I always, I always like to point that out that like, yo, original mix only like, like, cause they definitely screwed it up. Right. Cause it's like everything from 90 beyond is like different. And so, like, that's what I would have heard. And, like, I don't know, like, the it's a wild idea to think that, like, someone knows better than the Bad Brains in 83, like, what that tempo should have been. Like, the original is so much better. Like, I've been listening to it for, like, the last month in preparation of this, and it's like, I don't know, the songs just, like, they have this pulse, and then when you listen to, like, what's on Spotify, it's just like, ah, like, it's just a little different, like, I don't know. It's it's pretty wild. I love this song. I think it's Bad Brains like answer to uh to Black Flag. Like there's a little bit of that in there. Um and I love it. I there's a couple songs on this album that I like even more. Um but yeah, I, I, I like this album. I've always been roar, but can't deny, you know, early bad brains. Jesus Christ. Uh Ben, you want to speak on this? Yeah, great pick. And again, I'm also in the roar camp and um I managed to find a German pressing of the CD from the eighties just to get the uh, correct uh, speed version of this album a couple of years ago. I mean, it, it's what's ridiculous about that whole thing is like, they're already playing everything faster than they had been the year before on the roar tape and which was even faster than it had been on the black dots. So it's like, we're already playing everything like faster and faster and faster. And now let's speed it, speed it up even more. Like really? It, it's like, uh, kind of defeats, uh, it's kind of self-defeating, but I, yeah, Coptic times is a good song. Um, I might come back to bad brains. I might not. There's just so much that happened in 83. We'll see. Yeah. Dan, you want to speak on this or should I take mine? Number two. Um, I, I mean, we're all Roseman, but it, it just poses the question of if there's just an incredible song and it has been re-recorded, but it's a different version in this year, do we shun it or do we add it to the list? I'm in, I'm in, uh, two minds right now because of, you know, I, I think it's the, the re-recorded versions of just brilliant songs need to be on my list. Wait, what are you referring to? Like right brigade perhaps might be on my list. Oh yeah. 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 You can take that. And same with like, if you want to take out a step, right. 
Yeah, yeah. But I'm not a golfer, so I'll probably go in somewhere else there. <laughs> Respect. Okay, I'm going to take my number two, and I'm going to take a minor threat song. I'm going to take It Follows. Uh, in my opinion, like the most tuneful, you know, and and I think we, we talk about uniform choice on this podcast a ton. And good God, you know DeBar bases shit off this. If follow me, if follow me. It's like there's uniform choices career right there. So yeah. respect yeah. Ian for uh, laying it down that hard on this song. And respect to DuBar for all you did. And uh, come on the podcast, please. Uh, yeah. Ben, where does this stack up on this album? I've never ranked the songs on this, but this is a contender for sure. Like the, I would be perfectly happy uh, if this was the last pick I could choose. It would be fine with fine by me. Um, I used to know who wrote every song on this record, and now I have since forgotten it. God damn it! Um, but I want to say Lyle wrote a lot of stuff on this record, and he, he I don't think he really wrote anything on the. F- for seven inch so that you you get more of a it's becomes more of a group effort by the time you get to out of step and the wild thing about this record is everything was recorded live um except for guitar solos so ian is even singing at the same time that the band is performing the songs uh you know guitar both guitarists bass drums it's like First of all, it's a perfect sounding record. It's very clear. Everything sounds like you're in the room with them and it's perfectly executed. Everyone's playing perfectly and they're doing it all live at the same time. Like that's just like, like anyone who's ever been in a band and recorded a record knows that that's extraordinary. Like that just doesn't happen. So that just shows you how good this band was, not just at writing songs, but actually playing the songs they wrote. Hell yeah. Uh, Clevo, you want to speak on this or should I shoot it to Dan for his number two? Um, this was definitely in the top. I actually almost just took this, this when I was, I was kind of go back and forth and I just was like, you know what? I'm going to take bad brains. Cause I know minor threats going to be there. And I, like I said, I'll be happy with anything off of this. So we're going to talk about this some more later. <laughs> All right, Dan, let's go to you for your uh, number two. Okay. So hardcore, to all of us like it speaks to us on so many levels um the sound the music the feeling you get the and then sometimes the lyrics just match the sound of a song so perfectly and it just it puts the hard in hardcore and you know when you when you hear life's never fucking given nothing to me. It's just stood by and watched me bleed. Nothing, nothing, nothing. That is hardcore. You can go to Venus right now and speak to some, you know, anthropod over there and say, you want to know what hardcore is? I'm going to play you nothing by negative approach. This is the second recorded version. The first one's on the seven inch, but this one starts a bit noisier and it's a little bit clearer to hear but it is still hard fucking core. Nothing negative approach. Need to have it. It was still there. Must have it. It's an 82 song, but it's cool. Well, Tied Down's 83, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I feel you. I It's a completely I, different version, and if this song is still there, I've I, I got to have it. 
Like, no, fair I, enough. I'll take it in '82 as well. <laughs> I know. I'm well <laughs> fighting over it in '82, but uh, yeah, it's a great pick. It's a great song, you know. Um, and I do love how noisy it is at the beginning, and it's a little bit different the way the bass comes out of that like open gate like feedback, and it just comes in a little bit differently. Like it gives you a a whole new taste of the same great meal. I, I mean, I, I guess that's the question: is which version do you like better? I mean, yeah, this is, I, this I, is I, like I, listening to like the Roar songs on Rock for Light. No, I actually, I so I actually think the I think the tied down. I prefer the tied down version. I think. Yeah. I I think it, I think it's a combination of his voice, um, and uh, you know, it's like I don't know. It, I think it just sounds it sounds so much bigger. I I, I I'm a big fan of the, of the tied down version. Yeah, but the name of Porsche Seven Inch is like the ultimate example of like the recording being like the fifth member of the band. Yeah, like that that fuzz tone on that guitar is just like out of this world, you know. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's like the perfect thing. Um, but, but if this bass line is is being played again for another entry into the universe in 1983, you've just got to grab it. Sure, someone should have put this song on every like every band every year. Like some band should do this song, so you can choose it every year. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Right, like we were talking before about like Scarab playing uh, this is hardcore. It's like, dude, every band should open with that Scarab intro, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> all right. Uh, Ben, what's your number two? Um, it streaks across the sky towards Bethlehem, a shining star filled with hope and love. Second coming, the new Christ won't survive. Second coming, the Christ will die. I'm picking. Battalion of Saints, Second Coming. This is the original version from 83, of course, from the Mystic Records' Second Coming 7-inch. They end up re-recording this the next year for their LP, and it's the drumming is better on that, and it's cleaner sounding, but it doesn't have quite the same impact and energy as this. This is like God-tier Mystic Records for me. And... They are the premier early 80s hardcore band from Zach and Dan's second hometown of San Diego, California. Um, This is just such a mean, it's just a mean, ugly sounding, but glorious in a way song. It's just like the ultimate like disrespect towards Christianity. And it's sung by a maniac. Like these guys were like, they were like, I don't know if there were scary people by the time I, you know, saw them. The only one left was the singer. Um, and um, there's just something about the way they were very good at playing very angry songs and also had really good lead guitar lines. It It's sort of like, I'd say if you aren't that familiar with this band, but you're a big Poison Idea fan, maybe that scratches the same itch. Maybe I'm speaking out of pocket when I'm saying that, but it's sort of just no. Like, that's like I think I think that's a great that's the closest comparison for sure. Right, because it's like unhinged hardcore, but it's like you're you're a crazy person, but you're not so crazy that you aren't writing very good songs and playing them very well. Yeah, it's like really, really good musicianship. Like, play it as fast and hard as you can before, like, you're switching to like a scissor beat or some shit. 
like is so good. So good. I think this version might be on Spotify too. I think it is. I, I think, think there's they a, put out like, a discography. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. There's a full discography. So sick. This is a great choice. And uh, yeah, they, they appear, I think the first time in 82, they're on the, someone got their head kicked in uh, LP. And I can't remember. I think that Sean Stern told the story on the podcast. Like they came up to record and, and the dude was like, so shy. They like put up a curtain you know, and he sang behind it. So like people wouldn't watch him, which is like insane when you think about like the delivery this dude gives, you know, that he would be like shy, you know, it's wild. And uh, one of my bands played with them once at Ventura theater. And the dude at that time, like, you know, I don't know if he was going through it or what, but like, he was like really drunk backstage. Yes. And like, he was, he was literally like Rodney Dangerfield. Like (laughs) it was so funny. Like, you know, like he drank a beer and then like spat it up on accident and like, you know, did something funny. Like, oh, well, wow. it was like it was literally like riding your danger field on Caddyshack or some shit, you know, like what do you, I don't know. It was out of this world. I remember anyway, see, I remember seeing them play and that the they had a new drummer uh, who was this like, you know, scary looking bald guy who looked like he could have been an original member, but it was his first show playing drums with them. And I forget which song they did, maybe Beefmaster. And right when the song was over, he stood up from his drum kit and he, and he, and he put his, he put his hands in the air, like, like he had just won, you know, a, a hundred meter <laughs> dash or he just won a marathon and he went, yeah. And I was just like, and we were all just like, fuck yeah, that's hardcore. <laughs> the rules. Yeah. When I saw him that time, I feel like the drummer looked like he was like 19. So who knows? Um, Clevo, you want to say anything on this? So you want to take your number two? Um, I'm going to go ahead and take my number two. Uh, I'm going to go with urban waste police brutality. Yeah. Um, because this is another one that this is one that I feel like I have to have on my list. Um, you know, Ben just talked about Battalion of Saints sounding unhinged. I think that there's times uh, on on this record, but on this song too, where it's just like his vocals are just like so strained when he's just like, you know, there's a cop, there's a cop, any cop, they all fucking suck. Like uh, this again is a uh, a great anti police song. Um, you know, it just kicks in with the riff, and it's like police brutality, and then it just like just like this anti-cop diatribe and actually and my positively favorite part of the song of course is at the end and that total new york accent where he's like it's police brutality like it just is so good at the end where it just comes out of nowhere um but yeah fucking uh this is you know very early very early new york hardcore um you know it's not like um you know it, it this this definitely does you know have its have its time but this is really just like just like fast and in your face and um you know it's 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 a, a great great record you know this is you know uh you know a bit of collector core but it's it's fucking it, it, this has everything i want in a in a hardcore punk song it's unhinged to a point but it's also very tight like that tiny little break they throw in yeah. the chorus, like that's insane like you know the stars and stops like that like yeah good god man I just think like he like he's really like he's he's just really getting into it uh, right. on vocals and but yeah it's like it's you know it's it's like fuzzy and dirty and but yeah it does it does have those precise stops where it's like you know da police brutality right 
Yeah, it's so good. So good. Um, Ben, you got anything on this? Yeah, I learned this a couple of years ago. Um, this is this was recorded at Power Play Studios in Queens, in uh, Long Island City, Queens, which is famous for being the recording studio where almost every rap record of every New York rap record of the 80s and 90s was recorded. But this is just before the first rap record was recorded at Power Play. I think 83 is when that started. But it's just like if you click on Power Play Studios on Discogs and you go down it, it's like it's it's like Urban Waste is like the third thing from the top. And then it's just like every rap record you can possibly think of. And then Sick of It All, Blood, Sweat, No Tears. And then more rap records. Like I want to say Nas Illmatic might have been recorded here, but it's like it's just it's just kind of one of those un- fun or unfun facts. But yeah, it's, I, I like this record. Um, I don't know if I'd put it uh, up up on the same pedestal. I'd put the Antidote Seven Inch, but it, it's it's good. Um, also, another fun or unfun fact about the Seven Inch, I believe the song Ignorant. Is the first time that a bounce part appears in hardcore, like a drum beat. They go doom do da doom do da doom doom do da, which of course would be like a staple, you know, in you know the late eighties and the nineties and beyond up to present day when it's you know bigger than ever. So if anyone knows a bounce part in hardcore that predates this, please write me and let me know. Uh, Dan, do you have anything on this, or do you want me to take my number three? Well, what what's cool about that? Um, being in a song called Ignorant is that beat would then go on to be in many <laughs> Igno <laughs> songs going forward. <laughs> a great point from uh, the trivia champion. I love it. Um, okay. Let's see what I got to do here. I am going to take Friend or Foe off United Blood. Not the best recording, but one of the greatest songs of all time. So simple, so good, pure hardcore, catchy major chord riffs, you know, just like everything about it feels so good and so right. And like, you know, every word, you know, you know, the riff, you can sing it. It's just a perfect hardcore song, you know, and I had to have it on my list. Great seven inch, although I wish you could hear the snare drum, you know, but uh, what can you do? I, I still love it. Dan, what do you think about this? Uh killer pick i mean the, the minute you just mentioned it i in my head i just went friend <laughs> like just in my head like it instantly just pops into your head because it is not only is it amazing for the time it has been kept alive through you know the legacy of the band and then going into madball etc and been covered a million times because it is that classic brilliant hardcore song absolute representation of what hardcore is yeah 100 percent. clevo you got anything on this i mean it's agnostic front <laughs> right. it, um yeah it's this is another record though that i feel like there's still songs that will be around which is why i jumped in on the uh the urban waste quickly yeah. that's true that's true you can take almost every song off this and it's sick um but as far as tentpole songs is is this one or United Blood probably? Um, okay, Ben, you got anything on this, or should I shoot it to Dan for his number two? Yeah, this was on my honorables. This was the song from the seven inch that I had on my honorables. And and on, keeping on the topic of recording studios, this is the first hardcore record produced by Don Fury, which 
he ends up being like the guy you go to um, if you're a hardcore band from New York uh, throughout the rest of the decade, pretty much. So blame him for not miking the snare properly. Rabies snare, right? Rabies is the drummer on this record. That's right. Well, Rabies hit the fuck out of that uh, <laughs> that hi hat. Just not. He didn't hit that snare that hard, unfortunately, or it was miked poorly. But whatever. You live and learn, right? And Don Fury goes on and does all the great records. So whatever. Um, okay, Dan, number three. Yeah, and then you take Don Fury to <laughs> to normally <laughs> sound to piss them off. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, what Dan's referring to go listen to the the one voice episode, everyone. Uh talking about when AF brought Don Fury up to record at Normandy Sound in Rhode Island. So uh Dan, okay, number three. Um it's still here. It's my favorite one off this record. I mean, we there are a few of these LPs or EPs and LPs that have multiple, multiple songs, and you know, we'd all be happy just getting something off it, but the fact that this song is here still I am so happy because this was the one that I was gambling and then we can put to bed the the dance legend of leaving this band on red. Um, maybe it was no one's fault. I know it wasn't mine. Betray, Minor Threat. This is my favorite Minor Threat song, I think. <laughs> I think. I mean, it could easily be another one on a different day, but this is always been pretty much my favorite because of the way that it does the stop start type riff and um then it goes into the actually would you say this is bouncy when it goes into the dun 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 that always always felt bouncy to me is it does it not count in that same way well doesn't that part give you like more of a funky feeling than like a hard feeling yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it's really good. It just makes me want to bounce <laughs> for real. So, and especially when Sick of It All used to cover it, last chance to dance, everybody. Um, <laughs> it's so good. I mean, this it, this song is, it's brilliant. It's Minor Threat. Clevo said, it's AF. Well, <laughs> it's Minor Threat. This is as good as it gets for hardcore. This is the top of the mountain you go up to the top of the mountain there's a monk there and he's got a uh, a minor threat sheep on his robes and he's doing <laughs> bed dives onto his rock bed well the top of the mountain was 2 years ago when they did filler right Dan? yeah but minor threat of, they didn't get knocked off the top of the mountain they just stayed no. there and added fair. fair that's fair uh ben you want to speak on this yeah, it's the, this has got to be the origin of that. And in, in, instead does that. Um, you hear that on a, a lot of songs after this, but it's a really, really catchy, well-written kind of a thing. Um, who is who is betraying him in this? I should know this. I don't know the answer. Who's this song actually about? There, there's a... I've heard that a lot of songs Ian wrote on this record are about Jeff Nelson because they were not getting along with each other at all. I mean, they broke up this year, um, but I can't remember exactly which songs. But goddamn, this no, is the, this, what did we just say? No, this is a song about he looked into a crystal ball and he was like, there's going to be this thing called the Straight Edge Super 7. And the, <laughs> the most edgeman around is not going to take us. And I feel betrayed. And then he wrote this song. 
<laughs> That's right. Uh, Clevo, you want to you want to say anything on this, or should I shoot it to Ben for his number three? Uh, we can we can go to Ben. Okay, Ben, number three. Um, I'm an outsider outside of everything. I'm gonna pick. Come on, man, this is a punk rock podcast. I gotta I gotta pick a track from the Originators, the Ramones. This is off Subterranean Jungle. It's called Outsider, and it's a it's I'm almost certain it's a Didi composition. He was like sort of the <sighs> the most genius songwriter of the, of the lot. And uh, like, this is kind of like punk in a nutshell. Like you just feel completely ostracized and alienated and you feel like an outsider outside of everything. People always trying to push me, push me around. And I I heard uh, Dan grunting. Was this on your list, Dan? Yeah, this was, this was going to be like my number five. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is the best song on the album. This is the one I was going to choose, and I thought it might just slide under the radar in that, you know, because there's so much core. I thought this might just sneak past people's purview, but hey, it's a hell of a pit. Well, you got their best 1984 track in the 84 Super 7, so I gotta, I had to usurp you for 83 and pick this one. And this is a great album that has a lot of great songs. And it's kind of a sleeper album for the Ramones. I feel like, like, and the snare drums, speaking of snare drums, sounds like a trash can lid. Maybe that could have been done a little better, but damn, the songwriting is mostly great on this. Um, it's a lot of DD tracks, actually. That it would explain yeah, why it's so good. Doesn't he do a little vocal part in the middle of this song as well? Yeah, he sings the bridge, which is the kind yeah. of a fifty-third and third sort of thing, where he sings the bridge of a song he wrote. Um, man, what a great song! By the time this podcast comes out, I will have completed my uh, my project of listening to a thousand punk seven inches that are pre nineteen eighty four, and a lot of the stuff you know is walking that line of like the power pop or the punk stuff. And so much of it, so many seven inches like that are pre 84, like, God, they can be so good if they just have like a little bit of edge to them, you know? And like, cause a lot of bands, they can write simple rock and roll songs, but they just go a little too bubble gum. And it's like that power pop shit that just falls off a stick into like a shameful fire of bullshit. You know, I'm like <laughs> Ramones just like, they do such a good job of tiptoeing so close to the edge of like that power pop shit. And uh, it's why they're one of the best ever. Like they just, they know how to walk up there, but like they never lose like that little bit of like punk dirtiness and swag, like no matter how clean they get. So uh, this is an absolutely great pick, Ben. Um, we can go to Clevo for his number three. Uh, this is a, this is a tough pick for me. Already it's like tough picks, but I think it's just because there's so much to choose from. Um, but this is a, this is a, this is definitely a dartboard record that you could throw a dart and whatever it lands on, uh, within reason. It you know is album you're going with that. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Cox bar. Yeah. And, oh, what have I taken? Uh, I'm going to take, uh, we're coming back. Nice. Um, cause you're a again, you're a <laughs> but, uh, yeah, every, I mean, within reason, basically any song on this record. It is definitely definitely worthy of this list um but i just love you know we're coming back we're coming back uh you know so so remember out there somewhere you've got a friend 
and yes, and you'll never walk alone again. Uh, you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't have taken this. No, this is this is a great song uh, in spite of in spite of that. So, um, yeah, <sighs> fucking Cox Bar, and you know they still bring it live. Um, and you know it's really you know like original, like you know just like an original band that's just been around for the entirety of of I don't know it's I don't know it's punker than that. So, Cox Bar, we're coming back. Shock Troops LP. I love it. Let's just keep it rolling uh, because I've listened to side A of this for so much of my life and it is like loaded. It's pretty front heavy. Like that side A is like one of the greatest sides of an LP and like the history of guitar rock. It is so good. And you know, everyone's heard me on this podcast say it a million times. Like I hate when like punk or hardcore is othered like, Oh, that's good for a hardcore album or that's good for a, you know, a punk album. It's like, well, this is some of the best music in the history of the world. And like this side a is like evidence of that, you know, um, it it stands up to like any other guitar rock bands. So I've been listening to the B side a lot recently and the best song, the B side, it's gotta be, I got your number. I'm taking that. Which was, Um, that was, that was actually what I was going back and forth with. (laughs) Sick. Yeah. I love it. I mean, this, again, anything off the A side is like, this is a hard one. It's it's a it's a dartboard record for sure, you know. And uh, Dan will take something here, or he won't be able to uh, return to his homeland. So we'll get to talk it again. Maybe he'll take it next, and we can just have a big old Cox Bar talk. But uh, yeah, again, it's like what can you say? It's like perfectly tuneful. The recording's perfect. You hear everything. It's like crisp, but it's still raw. And then yeah, to some of the lyrics on this, I got your number. You can fool some people some part of the time. So good. You know, and then I love that line. It's like on the bridge, I think, that tell your lies to anyone but me. Like, oh, so good. So yeah. simple, so good. It's like everything <clears throat> is punk, right? Just coming up with like a simple ass line like that that like just cuts to the heart of the bullshit. You know, I love it. I love it. It's like one of my favorite songs of all time on one of my favorite albums of all time. I love on the refrain when it's like, I got your number, got your number like that. That just gets you there. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I know. I know. It's like, there's so many like little things he tucks in, you know, it's so good. Uh, Dan, you want to speak on this or you want to take a, a Cox Bar song next? We can continue this talk. Yeah, I'm going to, um, just one comment on each of your choices. Uh, the, the way that he does, you know, you can feel some people, some part of the, and then he goes the time, like the vibrato on time is yeah. just so good. And then on Clevo's pick, the, um, the part where it's like, um, God, I'm, I'm trying to remember the lyrics right now where it, it just basically has the cannonball style drum parts. We're fighting to get that, you know, yeah. parts. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so good. At fucking in the bushes, I frequently play We're Coming Back and it just gets the dance floor going fucking mental. It's Dude. so good. I definitely have seen Goose like moshing <laughs> on the dance floor of the whistle stop. So Dude, also uh, also when I got your number when he goes, So listen now. <laughs> like oh, going in. Yeah. Just all the little ad libs. Yes. So good. Now, now I'm gonna choose arguably my favorite Coxborough song, but I would have been happy with either of yours. Like for, and I would have been happy with, you know, four other songs, but this one has a story that unfolds like a film. 
you can you can see it happening and the way it ends now he's back where he started he ain't got a pound cueing with the sorts he used to kick around like <laughs> it's the like you sold your soul to be a fucking pig and now you got kicked out and now no one will give you the time of day it's the perfect 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 song um i am in love with coxborough um especially shock troops era and as clevo said they absolutely bring it um the guitars sounding like sirens um the vocals just fluctuating dancing on the on the melody like the smoking drinking acting cool till they started entering like a fool then he stayed on his own you know he, he like isn't this he's not hitting the same thing every single line and it that's the genius of colin's vocals besides the sound and the tunefulness is that he can really dance over the melody and just make it so infectious and so filled with hooks like Coxborough, like all those fucking people who are writing songs in labs for people to be, you know, for Justin Bieber and stuff, they need to listen to Coxborough to be like, this is how you <laughs> make things catchy. You know yeah, he I knows mean? how to hang back. Like, dude, we know he knows we know he can sing, right? Yeah. So he doesn't have to show off all the time. Yeah. And he can really get. Like the way he just dances on this verse is like and, it's something spectacular. And the O's, you know, yes. he's in the riot squad. Oh, and oh, then just oh, when oh. you see that live and you just see a thousand people doing that, like tunefully together, it's a, a thing of majesty. This is wild though. Cause like, I think we haven't take them all and where are they now are probably like the best songs. You know, it's just like, this is one of those, it's dartboard, right? Like it's however you're feeling today, well, but like those songs are undeniable. And England dude, Brooks, now, yeah, true, true. Although is that this year? Uh, that was released as a single and it's released on this LP this year. So it was a single in 82 though. Okay. I don't think it's tacked on. I don't think it's put on the album until later. Uh, you're right. You yeah. got bonus track like later. It's not originally on the album. Um, but, the, but it's weird. Like when the album's re-released, it's not like added at the end. It's like added in the middle. No, I know. Like they still keep out on Island last, which is respect, dude. Right. You gotta keep your, uh, your wild song at the end. So we don't have to listen to it. If we don't feel like it. <laughs> Colonel bogey's theme. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, where are they now? Maybe the original, uh, this track yeah you know we, one of them talk that. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll talk that on like a, another pod sometime about like early diss tracks of like you changed you sold out blah 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 well, is ben gonna keep it going no ben's a coxbar hater so uh what? but uh yeah i think so ben am i correct no actually we went we did a blitz versus coxbar lp um head-to-head episode i did pick blitz but I, I like a lot of Coxbar songs. In fact, um, Dan wins the Coxbar contest here because Riot Squad I have on my honorables. Um, that's that's the standout track for me for this album. Riot Squad by Coxbar, better than Riot Squad by Bad Brains, one of the best hardcore bands ever. So that's coming from uh, Bedge's mouth here. And uh, I, will say, though, I will say this, though. If you're someone that's not taking Coxbar 
on your uh, 83 list, do you really want to win that contest that he's judging? <laughs> uh, no? good, uh, understood. I mean, yeah. it, it's the it's you, the 185 listener, who's going to um, be be the real judge of this. Uh, That's right. But it's like if 81, if 81 and I don't take like a minor threat song, and then I'm like, oh, you know, out of uh, Clevo, Ben, and Dan, your minor threat songs, uh, I, I like Ben's the most. It's like, no, you don't want my opinion. If I didn't take minor threat at 81, like you should just throw me off a bridge. Yeah. Okay. And, and not taking Coxpar in 1983 and the still, like Zach said, take them all is still out there and you're not taking it oh ben. that's i don't like you're that under, song you're under review you're under review all right well i don't care because you okay. picked you picked the best song on the album dan so um i'm gonna go with a bad brain song speaking of bad brains um the title track off rock yes. for light which is not spoken about very much and it's kind of buried in the album and um it's very, God, it's got this great, we don't want no violence. We don't need no war. We just want what's right, some peace and love. It's sort of like, a, it's got this great kind of anthemic uh, unity message. And then it has also has these weird, like, like, this is something I can't think of anyone else doing. The verse begins, there's one measure of the verse that happens, boom, dead stop, the whole band stops, and then you hear like a ripping like, and then the verse starts again. It's like, who puts a fucking break and a guitar lead in at the end of the first measure of the first verse? It's like, wow, this is like God-tier songwriting. Um, And uh, I fell in love with this song through the live album, The uh, Youth Are Getting Restless, because at the time I only had that crappy sped up version of this album, but uh, it's just, it's probably the best bad brain song that's not on the roar tape. It might be the best bad brain song. It's their most tuneful song up to this point. And the solo on it is like my favorite. And I love coming out of the solo when he switches from solo to lead and does that little like ding, 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 ding. So good. Yeah, this is probably my favorite song on this record too. Yeah. And again, like it's it's a testament to how much it sucks. It like it's sped up because it's like that mid tempo banger. You know what I mean? Like you want the tempo they laid it down at. And then you know, it, it has this, and it has this this kind of amazing melodic singy part ending the song, taking the song out. It's like we go, we go rough life. And he does it only does it three times. And the song just ends abruptly. Like, wow, who does that? I know this song is out of this world. Like, Oh God, I love it. This is so good. It was on my list. Um, yeah. Clevo, you want to speak on this? Yeah. You know, um, that part, Ben, where it's like, uh, we don't not want no war. No, the the nose that they add added in the middle. That's what makes that part. It's like it is. It's so anthemic. Um, you know, it's there's. We kind of talked about this. Uh, you know, when when I said like I felt like Agnostic Front hiding inside is like an Agnostic Front deep cut. Like like if if there's such a thing, this is like a Bad Brains deep cut where it's like it's on you know you know classic record. And it is, it really just doesn't get a lot of shine. And it's, it's, it is, it, I mean, it stands up to everything else on that record, you know, like, I mean, however you feel about the Bad Brains reggae songs, like if you, if you look at the, if you just look at their hardcore songs, they're like, it's very, you know, they don't have clunkers. No. 
No, they don't. It's insane. It's insane. It's so good. I love that you picked this, Ben. Uh, I mean, I would have liked it, preferably, but hey, what can you do? The other thing I want to say, just if we're not going to talk Bad Brains again, is shout out to Joshua's song. Like, I think I talked about like seven seconds on the 84. Like, just to have that like short, straight, fast blazer is like so crucial. You know, and like that song, it's like 30 seconds, just like a fast blazer. Love it so much. And then also just, I love the pinch harmonics on the Destroy Babylon verse. So uh, that was up there with Rock for Light for me. But uh, yeah, Clevo, let's go to you for your uh, number four. So, you know, I'm going to have to take something from Boston so they don't run me out of town. Uh, so I'm going to go with the, you know, the the premier Boston Straight Edge band, SSD. And I'm going to take glue (laughs) you know spoiler alert i'm gonna take glue um again there's so much to choose from on this on this on this record that's only got like six or seven songs um there's so much to choose from here but yeah glue is just really the you know it it is the ssd song um yeah it's you know these songs when you like um when you look at them the the format of the songs is always like really weird, like just kind of like the tempos, how they how they play them, like just sort of like the the timings and stuff. They're kind of all over the place, so they're kind of the songs are like always like just kind of a on on get it away. The songs are just like a little off kilter, like when you listen to them closely. But uh, you know, it's just you know it kicks in and and that riff is just so big. And, you know, it, you know, it's just there to get like people, just people into it, you know, got to stick together, got to stick together, like very simple lyrics. Um, you know, anyone in the, anyone in the crowd can sing along and, you know, people should just be piling on top of each other to get to the mic for this one. Yeah. I wish, uh, a band covered this every show, you know, it's just like one of those blueprint hardcore songs. that's like absolutely perfect. And he sounds so unhinged when he's singing it. And I'll go right into mine. We can talk both. I'll, I'll take Get It Away. Um, it's going to be my so, next pick. Well, it's too bad that you didn't pull uh, number one. You know, could have uh, could have had it there. But I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to no sell that. It's like. If you're like a 13-year-old wild man, it's like the song that you would write with your mouth. You know what I mean? Like that riff is just so perfect. And then when it kicks in to like the mid-tempo of the verses and they do that like that other guitar is doing the bends, it's just like one of those most – it's like one of the most out-of-this-world musical moments like in the history of man. You know, like what the fuck is going on? It's so perfect, unhinged, out of control, but yet like – so skillful it's like just the best of punk and hardcore so out of this world and and springer's voice like you know i you know i want to do a whole episode on this record one day so i i won't say that he's embarrassed himself in recent years (laughs) i will just say uh he did a great job on this record and when you have a piece of art like this with your name attached to it there's always a room for redemption and that redemption comes through doing a full episode on get it away on the 185 miles south podcast. What's up Springer? Yeah. What do you got on this? SSD just don't make sense in the best possible way. It, it, it's like, 
like a runaway train. Like they start out like the train's leaving the station normally and then it just falls off a cliff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the base to get it away starts out and, you know, there's a vibe there, there's melody, and then it just goes wild, like so wild. It's crazy that something so wild was like the premier band from that city. Do you know what I mean? I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I was going to choose yeah. this next, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like also like something so wild, like not being fast, right? Like yes. usually you think yeah. about like, oh, like, you know, the bad brains when they're like playing at their like top speed, like that's like as wild as it gets. But it's like, well, here's a band doing like a bunch of different like mid tempos that sounds like just as wild, you know? Or even more wild, really, because it's just unhinged. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it's the voice, right? Yeah. Because like the voice is is something amazing on top of it. Ben, what did you want to say on this? It's heavy without being heavy metal. It's sort of like, I mean, I think Black Flag touched on being heavy without being heavy metal, but this is just like more out of control than Black Flag ever was. And it's, and, and noisier than they ever were. I mean, they added a second guitarist for this record, I'm certain because Black Flag added a second guitarist and then you get every other band, Minor Threat, you name it, adding a second guitarist following suit. But like, if you listen to the the first SSD LP, kids will have their say. Most of it is really fast and this is not fast, but this is the one everyone loves. This is the, this is sort of the, the peak of, and then, and then it falls off the stick with the next two records because it does become heavy metal and it becomes like kind of bad heavy metal. So this is just like heavy, hard, hardcore. That's just like makes you want to break furniture. That's the best thing that hardcore could make you feel like doing, right? That's like the, I I actually had forced down your throat as a possible. So it's not even like there's just like one great song on this record. There's lots of this whole thing. This is like one of those records that like sometimes I just like give the urge and I have to listen to it. And like, I'll be like in a weird spot. Like one time I was driving home from Texas with like AH and we we're like, dude, I, we got to listen to get away right now. You know, and we're in like a Penske in like New Mexico, you know? So like we pulled it up on YouTube and just like listened to it on the dash. You know what I mean? Like while we're driving like that, you just a shitty phone thing, you know? Cause it's like, I got to listen to it sometimes. Like this is one of those records where like, if you pulled it, away and i was never able to listen to it again like my life would be significantly worse <laughs> you know i don't know uh clevo you want to speak on this at all i mean yeah i just i love how it's just like that quasi like reggae bass beat and then it just like launches it just launches into the song and then like spring is just like all over the place um i mean Really, if you want to have a wild man on vocals, you definitely want to go out and get someone who'll wear a full baseball uniform with stirrups on stage. Like that really just shows you how wild that guy is. Um, yeah, um, yeah. This record, this record, like, like I, like I think we've all said, like on paper, it just doesn't make sense. But I think that's what's good about it. Um, um, one of the things that I've always contended with, like early hardcore. Instead of like the people who came in the late 80s and then like, you know, the people who came after the people in the late 80s, it's like 
the people who came later had like a had like a blueprint to play from with like DYS and SSD. But like when you look at from you know kids to get it away is like you know it's just like a bunch of dudes who like well Al who like listened to like Ted Nugent and ACDC and Cheap Trick and just decided to like play faster. And, you know, he gets more nuance as, like, he learns how to play his guitar as he goes along, where you get, like, like there, he doesn't know the rules, so he can, like, he just breaks them, you know? Like, and he just is, like, he's just playing what sounds good to him. Yeah, like, what is, like, the final sequence on this? Like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
switch on this too like with the harmonic like tapping oh god it's just so good yeah i mean it had to be on the playlist or we should get run out of town for sure <laughs> uh clevo you want to say anything about this or should i send it to ben for his number five no uh you know the other thing is you know like you know how much capo took from this for his vocals yeah. you know we've we've talked about antidote but like yeah this is um you know speaking of you know how much capo took from this for vocals but you know the redemption a7 cover erico's vocals just fit perfectly for this yeah. um but yeah it's oh man he's just like there's just something there's just like such an urgency in his voice like um you know like just the way when when the verses kick in and like when he sings fast it just sounds like he's just like on the edge of losing it um yeah it's there's just so much good stuff from this year yeah it's wild that he can snarl that hard but it's still so audible yeah everything he says is wild the other thing is like this might be the prime example of an early 80s recording like where the recording is like the fifth member like this thing is insane like if you think about a song like real deal like think about how simple that song is you know and like if a band wrote that song in like 95 on like you know your average like 95 recording like you would just kind of get it's just like kind of whatever like there's not even a riff it's just but like the drumming is really good the tone is really good. The recording is perfect. The singing like dances over the top of it. And it's like, you can just have a song like that. That's like a, a nine out of 10 song, you know, with like no riff, like there's no riff, dude. What the fuck? It's just like, it sounds so dope that like it works. So uh, yeah, it's wild. Okay. Ben number five. Um, by the way, the, uh, something must be done was a, was a possible of mine. So it was, it was quite likely I would have picked it, but yeah, you picked the one. That was it. Um, and 185 listeners, go back and check out. We did an episode of what records are better than the Antidote 7-inch, and there weren't that many in the grand scheme of things. there We didn't have that many records that we thought were better, um, So, but some of them did come out in 1983. For my number five, I'm going to go, let's see. Uh, I was in California for a couple picks. Then I went to to uh, the East Coast for a couple picks, and now I'm gonna have to fly back to California to Fullerton, and I'm gonna go with uh, Social Distortion, Another State of Mind, the theme song for an excellent documentary that we got to watch 59 minutes of once. <laughs> uh, there's a story yeah. behind that, but it's kind of inside Sorry. baseball. No, no, that will have aired by now. So you're good. Uh, <laughs> Patrons, I hope we also made that up to you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But um, yeah, yeah. it's oh, sort of it. it's sort of like a combination of missing your girlfriend while you're on the road. And also you're a heroin addict. <laughs> that's that's the vibe I get from reading the lyrics. Uh, but it's just this great melodic punk song um, by a great uh, punk songwriter, Mike Ness. I mean, you know, like he's very easy to make fun of. He's very fun to make fun of, but he wrote another state of mind and you didn't. So damn, he's got one, he's got one on all of us. Doesn't he? Um, 
this is from Mommy's Little Monster, their first album. And I think like there's there's certain bands that they kind of like they're almost like intentionally chipping away at their own legacy. And then you go back and you listen to why anyone cared about them in the first place, aka their first album, and you're like, oh, that's why we talk about this dude in the first place, because this shit is so incredible. Um so man, I mean, what else is there to say about this one? Um, well, I'm going to argue for Mike Ness, even though he wrote Sick Boy, which is one of the worst songs of all time. Well, there you I, go. I think, it's, I think it's unfair to say that he's chipping away at like his legacy. It's like, didn't he do like seven sold out shows in Orange County a few years ago, like in a week? Like I, his legacy is like cemented. In fact, like it's, I don't know, the later records is what most people like more. And, and he delivers all the time. Plus like, I don't think they've embarrassed themselves. Like they haven't put out a record in like 12 years. So it's not like he's putting out bullshit. Like, I think they're just playing and delivering the classics that their fans want to hear. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. How, okay. how do you think that they're embarrassing themselves, Ben? But because if you listen to, listen to, um, mommy's little monster, the album, then listen to, uh, followed immediately back to back with, Hard Times and Nursery Rhymes, the album, and and tell me which one's better. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, they're not chipping away at their legacy at like, you know, their fucking base level fans. But like for us in this room here, this hard, you know, hardcore kids, whatever, punk rock kids who know the, who are down for the real shit. It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah, early, like early Social D over everything else. Um, I, I actually think that Social D is a better rock band than punk band. Ooh. Yeah, I, 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 I don't... Stuff. I mean, but I, I don't, but I don't like, like, I, I definitely have a limit. Like I think white, tr- white, light, white, heat, white trash, whatever the hell that record's called. I think that that's where, that's where I am. I'm done. So it's really just sort of like prison bound to like white, light, white heat is, is that that's, that's where it's at. I respect the punk stuff, but I'm, t- I listen to, I listen to prison bound and white, light way more. I, I mean, You're I like stuff off all those records. I like stuff off those those records too. But I mean, for me, it's it's the early singles, the Posh Boy stuff, the the first album. It is, I just, is the I, meat of the band. I, I just think you were doing a really lazy thing, which is like holding a band's fans against the band. You know, which is like why you know some people don't like Pennywise and stuff. Like it's undeniable how good like the first two Pennywise records are. You know, if you like fast hardcore, you know, why wouldn't you like at least the first Pennywise record? Like, it's so fucking good. But, like, I get it. Like, people don't like bros, right? Or they associate it with, like, bro culture. So, that's fine. But, like, it's a lazy mentality of, like, holding a band's fans against the band and the music. But I'm, yeah, I'm but sorry. They, they wrote Sick Boy. <laughs> but I know. I'm, I know. I'm, like, I'm speaking, but I'm speaking to the type of person that would hold this band's fans against this band and ignore the fact that they wrote brilliant songs like another state of mind. I mean, we're in round five. I'm the only one who's picked this band so far. Like, don't, you know what I mean? Like I'm writing for this. Hey, shit. You haven't picked one or threat yet. So don't get at me fool. <laughs> well, there's a strategy <laughs> behind that. <laughs> no, I know. So you can take anything off the record. I get it. Uh, okay. Clevo number five. Um, Man, this is so hard because now we're like already in heartbreak rounds. Um, I am going to take because I want to talk about this band, and uh, I'm going to take 
the effigies with weird duh machine. Um, effigies are a band that, you know, I think really flies under the radar. And I think that they're another band that suffers from their, their reissues being reissued too early. Um, they have a lot of early eighties singles, um, singles and EPs. And the reissue record comes out in the late eighties that had that combined all of the early EPs. So, um, I think that when you're, when you're, compilation record of your early eps becomes collector core it's kind of hard to really break through even though all the stuff's streaming um so yeah effigies uh weirdo machine um you know they're um they're a weird band and that they don't play just you know straightforward hardcore they they have a little bit of a post-punk feel um some of the songs I think even have like a, you know, I would go so far as to say a, a bit of a killing joke influence. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is a, a, a good, just like a straightforward song. Um, you know, it's very Midwestern, very, you know, talking about like, you know, talking about like the political machine of Chicago and, you know, really just, um, I feel part of me feels like everyone knows about this band and part of me feels like no one knows about this band. So if you haven't checked them out before, definitely check them out on the, on, on the EP. And, you know, if you, if you have checked them out before, I I think it's a band that probably should get more props than they get. They should. Cause like when they're at their best, like all that Chicago shit, it's like some of the best stuff in the world, but it's like not all that good. Right. It's like, so I would say that the first four singles, and EPs. And I like the first LP. The first LP is definitely has a bit of that post-punk. Um, you know, I think, I think it's kind of lazy to say like gang of four influence. Cause it's a little, it's a little angular. Um, I think it's more killing joke. Um, and they definitely, they do, you know, um, even on their, their first single, they get into a little bit of sampling and, and a little like, you know, it gets a little funky and even a little dancey. Um, on it but yeah i i think that if you stick with the singles um if you stick with the singles it, it really is like top quality stuff haunted town is like all time haunted town is 100 percent. which you know when we do when we do when we do whatever year that came out that's you 81. know yeah you know that's gonna be top of the list uh body bag is body bag haunted town um yeah their their records are their their singles and EPs are great. Yeah, I, I love talking this band because uh, Haunted Town is all time. Like the record plus that song, just as a standout of like, God, a perfect like mid tempo song with like that slight dark melody. And yeah, Body Bag has it too. Security kind of gets like a little weird, like you said. You know, it's it's a little long, four minutes yeah. and thirty seconds. You know, um, this record is is good. You know, I think that it's it's like less melodic. You know, which is they're starting to like lose a little bit of melody on this one. Yeah. Um, but this, they, I this one, like it kicks in with way kicks in with the bass where it's like it's got that nice bass riff in the beginning, and that's like the you know we're the machine. And I I love I love at the end of the song in the refrain when it's like we're the machine. Who's the machine? We're the machine. Who's the machine? When it's like the call and response. Yeah, I I I like this. I just. This band is so disappointing to me sometimes because like when I listen to Haunted Town, I'm like, I want this to be my favorite band. 
And then like, I just think it, it gets a little worse every release. And like, you know, this is like the third release and it's like, Oh, it's their third best release. You know, I, I think that that, uh, that no progress song is my favorite on this. Yeah. I mean, but, I, but this, I, this whole record, this whole record's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's just, it's one of those things. Like if you look at it by itself, it's very good, you know, and I don't mean to be like discounting it. It's just what came before it is like, good God, man. It's like one of my favorite things of all time. So yeah. Ben, do you want to speak on this? Um, I, I, they never, it, they never struck a chord with me. I mean, they're, they're fine. I, I don't have anything to say. Okay. Dan, do you want to say you should listen to Haunted Town, Ben? Uh, I mean, I've heard it. I've heard I'm the stuff. About- yeah, I've heard it. I've heard their, okay. their, all the oh, early stuff. Well, you heard it once. You might want to revisit it. Dude. Okay. I don't know everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Dan, you want to speak on this at all? Or should I take my number six? Go ahead. Take your number six. I will follow your advice and I will uh, jump into this stuff because it is a bit of a blind spot for me to be in admittedly so yeah right on okay uh i want to talk poison idea this is another dartboard record for the year this thing kicks so much ass and i alluded before that i'm like doing this project where i'm listening to (laughs) like a thousand uh punk and hardcore seven inches that came out before 1984 because it's so interesting to me because like basically by the time 84 rolls around like hardcore is broken wide open and there's so many bad generic hardcore bands like look no further than like you know many mystic compilations like you know there'll be 40 bands on there and like 35 of them suck you know it's wild but like when you go 83 and before like hardcore is actually like there aren't that many bands like the bands that you guys have heard of even if you haven't heard them like if you've heard the name like they're probably pretty good um and and this it's a little confusing to me too. Like I don't know. Like maybe Minor Threat like lit a fire, you know, in that like immediate area, but like it didn't really spark huge like else like out out elsewhere or whatever. Because like you know eighty two eighty three like it's a little limited. But this record I think sets off a big fire and is very influential. Talking about Pick Your King. Uh, by Poison Idea. The song I'm going to take is Cult Band. Uh, I just think it's like one of the most angry sounding songs ever. And again, it's like one of those things where the music and the playing is so tight, but there's like an unhinged element. It's like almost, it's like almost like an athlete, right? Where you're like pushing yourself to like peak performance. Like you've, you've prepared your body to like perform, but now it's like the NBA finals and like, yeah, gotta go for it. You know what I mean? Like you're Kobe playing every minute, you know? Cause like, that's what you're there to do. And it's like, these dudes are so talented. They're so tight, but it's like, okay, let's push it. Let's like straight up, take it to 11. And it's wild. Like I encourage everyone, like I know most people have heard this record, but like listen to it and read along with the lyrics. It's wild how this guy like lays it down. Like it is insane lyrically he's just is so good dude and like his delivery it's like it's one of the things like i know we gag on rick the life on the pod sometimes but he has one of my favorite like lines ever on the new york hardcore documentary when someone's like what do you say to people when they say you know they can't understand what you're saying and he's like well there's a lyric sheet for that 
You know what I mean? And, and that's the thing, like being a great singer, there's two elements to it, right? There's laying down something that sounds dope. And there's also writing good lyrics and the best can do both. Right. And you don't have to like limit your lyrics because you need something else to sound dope. It's like write a good like poem and then just fit your shit. And if like you don't say some words, whatever, who cares if you say some extra words or you do a little extra huffing and puffing, whatever, just make it dope. You know? And like, this is a wild one. I encourage everyone to like listen to the song and read along to lyrics. Um, Cause it's wild that he fits it all in and it just feels like it's going to fall apart, but it doesn't. And it's one of the greatest hardcore records of all time, you know? And, and I feel like it's uh it's kind of another world sometimes. Um, you know, like a lot of people, like they either like the DC stuff or they like this stuff. And uh, God, I love it both. I think everyone should like open their mind a little bit. Um, yeah, Clevo, what do you think about this? Um, this is actually the song that I had on my list from this record. Um, I love like the, you know, cult back, go. And it's just like, bah, bah, like, um, I don't mean it in a bad way, but this record, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's what it's. It's what ten songs. It's like thirteen songs. Thirteen songs, you know, short and sweet. Um, it, the record itself is kind of a little samey. It's like it's like um, not completely, but a lot of like the fast riffs. I just like because it's just like so buzzsawy and so fast. And I don't mean that in a bad way because it's so good because it's so it is. It's like it's a buzzsaw, but it's still like really tight. It's really well played. Um, they do like I, I, lyrically, it is good. Um, I would also say that I am, it's taken me forever to read it because I don't usually read, I usually read on my Kindle, but I have um, the the three book set of Jerry A's like autobiography and memoir. And I'm about halfway through the first, or about a little more than halfway through the first book. And man, that dude's fucked up childhood definitely went into a lot of what he sings about. Um, so if you have any interest in Poison Idea, um, Check it out, Jerry. Jerry's uh, Jerry A. Lang. Um, it's a three volume set, and they're all they're not they're not thick volumes. I don't know why they just didn't make it one book, but uh, um, they're they're out there. Um, if you if you have any interest in that, everyone should check that out. Hell yeah, uh, Dan. Let's go to you, number six. I really like what you just said in regards to yeah. You might be completely familiar with this record. Lots of the things that we talk about here, like it, it's really, we can't divorce ourselves from hearing these for years and years, but sometimes just that, just taking that exercise of like, listen to this, like you're listening to it for the first time and just give it, you know, some new eyes and ears to it. And sometimes you might just be able to pull like even more out of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'll say I did that with rock for light. Right. I've like brushed off that record for like most of my life, just like as a roar guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You get most of the songs on roar. But for this, I was like, I'm going to at least isolate like the songs that aren't on roar and like listen to them. And it's like, man, I'm a fucking moron. You know, like some of the greatest songs in the history of like hardcore. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I'm glad I did that exercise for 83 because like they're not falling off any of my. I mean, I got to listen to them on my phone. I can't listen to them on Spotify, right? Like they're in my iTunes or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You know? Plus you love the cars. Yeah. I, well, he's the one that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who, someone else ruined it in 
90. I can't remember who remixed it. But anyway, um, yeah, Dan, number six. This is so crazy that number six is already here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, there's so much to get on. I'm going to have to... I'm now at the point where I'm like, I hope someone else takes this so it's on the playlist and I'm, you know, it's not just left off. So I'm going to take something that I don't know if anyone else would take um, that I just love so much. So, 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 so much. Three quarters of the world are starving. The rest are dead. I'm going one quarter dead, rudimentary peni. Um, the way that this song starts with the ominous bass and then it comes in, three quarters of the world are starving, three quarters of... And then the vocals are so cool on this first part. He goes, the rest are dead, the rest are dead. Like He like hits the two different tones on that and then it just repeats but it gets faster and faster so it it goes into this like it's all on the same riff and it just gets faster and faster and a bit more intense and it's just like a manifesto about how fucked the world is in this time there's so much easy to look back at at like early 80s punk and hardcore and like take it for granted with what the lyrical topics and that it all just seems very punk. But this is like in the height of the cold war where like nuclear threat and stuff is right on the door. So like death church, like this album is just so good and, you know, could easily tap into a subhumans, you know, evolution or, um, God, there's just so much, but I, I've this song just—it's just such a stomping, like perfect crust manifesto. Like, and the fact that it speeds up and gets a bit more manic—it just—it really just drives it. I I love this so much, dude. When I'm hanging out in a psycho squat and someone says they don't like rudimentary peni, I say poppycock. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, you got you, on this? Then you tell them that you're going to nuke the house. <laughs> that's right. That's right. They're they're one of those bands where I recognize the brilliance and I own the records, but I very, very, very seldomly listen to them. So this is inspiration for going back and listening to them more. I I heard this band when I was really, really young, and it was like one of those things where it's. You, I hadn't heard anything that this crazy before. I wish I remembered the name of the song I heard. Like a friend of a, a neighborhood kid had the tape and he played it, and the, and it was like they were all into like Poison and Motley Crue and shit, and they were making fun of it. And I'm like, but wait, this is really good. And they're like, ha, this is stupid. I'm like, no, this is really good. So <laughs> that was the moment that Ben decided to be a contrarian. <laughs> Four rudimentary peni against Poison. Respect. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a poser on this band. I I listen to the first record. That's pretty much it. Like Death Church, I again, I got to take my own uh, advice on and revisit things I've written off. I've always just listened to that first EP and liked it a lot, and then thought Death Church was like too long, 
so I never really fucked with it, but uh, I'll go back. This is the first song off it, right, Dan? Yeah, this is track one, so it goes to the 185 um, mantra of, hey, if you're going to pick one, go with track one. <laughs> yeah, it gives you the feeling for the whole record. And Respect. It sounds like Richard yeah. hung himself. It's very similar to Richard hung himself. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. It does feel like that. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Ben, go ahead. Wait, I, I, I had, oh. I, I wanted to get in on this too. Do it, Quivo. Do um, it. I, I love this record. I, I, I definitely had this on my list. Um, you know, it's also the total package. Like, you know, Nick Blinko obviously is, is, you know, it's just mentally just all over the place and you can see it from the artwork. Um, but like, um, I had a couple other tracks on here too, like, uh, Rotten of the Core, which I think is like, you know, talking, call them like punks calling like joe strummer a or calling just punks like like posers and rock stars and stuff you know vampire state building and uh what is it uh when, the song martian church when it's like when you are martian church it's like Ugh, like the way he like groans in that but um the other thing i want to say is they put out a record two years ago that is also really good and it's all about world war one it's called the record's called great war so uh they're they're still they're still putting music out that that you know, is, is pretty damn good. So definitely Martian church is where I first heard the word banality. <laughs> yeah. There's um, this, th- this band is definitely something to, to dive into if, if you haven't. Um, and I know, I know for, for some people, you know, depending on, on, you know, what your philosophy on, you know, punk and hardcore and what you're into, you know, the records, the artwork may be a little off putting, um, but definitely dig into this. This is this is something that I came to later, and like I I got got into way later, and uh, I'm glad that I did check it out. Joe gets it from Coxbar and Rudimentary Peni. <laughs> <laughs> is that a bummer? <laughs> poor poor Joe. Um, okay, let's go to. Let me see. I moved away from my spreadsheet. We're going to Ben for number six. All right. Number six is my heartbreaker round. I can explain when we get to round seven. Um, my brain is telling me pick Husker do, but my heart is telling me to pick the band scream. The song is came without warning. It's the first song off the first album, uh, still screaming on discord records. I think this is the first LP on discord where it's not a split LP. It's just one band's LP. Um, God, I hope I'm right about that. I think I am. It's just like, I remember getting into this. I was already a freshman in college and my friend played it for me at headline records. And he's all, you like minor threat, right? Come on, listen to this. And I'm like, damn, this is like minor threat meets the damned. It's like, it's like mash two God tier punk bands together. And you get like another God tier punk band. Um, It's got this great, listen to Kent Stax's right foot. Very, good drumming in the intro and then just blasts into like fast hardcore. I love it when people who are like very good musicians are like, fuck it. We're not above playing extremely fast four chord hardcore. We're not above that shit. We're just going to do it really well. You know, like bad brains, for example, um, this is another one of those bands. Uh, it's just, and the recording is so good too. Like Discord shit, almost all of it's recorded by Donzi and Tara at Inner Ear Studios. A lot of it's produced by Ian, but it's really hit and miss. And I don't know why. It's like they didn't change any of the variables, but this is a this is a very good recording. And 
it's one of those so- it's one of those albums where it's like you look at the track list and you're like it's like 18 or 20 songs and you're like god this is going to lose me at some point and it just doesn't it's it's unrelenting but this is this is the song that kicks it off yeah great pick uh, it's like a uh, tasteful feedback right like it's like 3 seconds they don't punish you you know and then it just kicks in fast so good great recording too it's like one of the best for like this old sound it's so bright but like it still has that like old feel uh dan you want to speak on this or should i send it to clevo uh go ahead send it to clevo it's another blind spot for me where it's something i checked out many 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 years ago and never really went back that much and it gets talked about a lot when we talk about this stuff so i i do need to do some due diligence and awesome it's going to be on the playlist so it can be my gate into it there you go. Clevo, you want to speak on this or you want to take your number six? You know, I this is kind of a band that also kind of always flew under the radar for me too. But this song, I think, was on the American Hardcore soundtrack. And uh, I know, but like, you know, you see the movie and like the soundtrack and because there was some other stuff on there um, that maybe, you know, just uh, some other just sort of under the radar for me. So I, I'm familiar with the song, but, um, you know, again, like Scream is just kind of a band that I heard probably once or twice and it didn't really move me then. And I, I just never really went back to it. So um, yeah, it's time for me to probably go back to it. Did you buy that soundtrack from the human uh, Oscar, the grouch, AKA someone who has been put in a trash can selling his stuff from it? Uh, no, I probably downloaded it off of like um, some sort of streaming service or BitTorrent. I know, I'm just I'm just <laughs> referencing the fact that Zach should have picked him up and put him in a trash can. <laughs> True. He uh I think he still has like a streaming thing. He did a thing like 24 hours of hardcore. And like I don't know how he's legally allowed to do it, but like respect. There's like 24 hours of hardcore like he chose like I don't know 500 songs or something and there's like a streaming player and he can check it out. Like it's a pretty sick resource, you know? Cuz uh you know, pre-86, the dude has pretty good taste, although he's, uh, as they say in Dan's homeland, a, a total fucking wanker. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Clevo, number six. I'm going to stick with Discord. Um, finally, can go to the Mind Threat well, and I'm going to take Think Again. Um, I love, you know, lyrically, um, you know, Ian Ian seems, you know, he's, he's mad at himself. <laughs> um, and uh, I just there's just things on here that I just, I really love. Like, you know, it's got the total Ian, like you're an adult. So you act like a child. Like you just see Ian, like scolding someone with that one. Um, and you know, stupid shit. It's been done. You think you're the only one. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, minor threat is again, you know, a band that we've, we've talked about and I, I just don't know what else we can say about them, but really, you know, um, we don't do many years that minor threat put records out. So really just like um, adding them to, to the list because you know, I, they're just, they're just such a vital band. Yeah. It would feel not proper to not have like a song on your list, you know? So people look at it and they're like, what? No minor threat. Yeah. I can't imagine that feels Dan. How would that feel? <laughs> it, it, it haunts you. <laughs> uh do you want to say anything about oh, this i would say it follows you <laughs> that's right that's right uh i think we're gonna get to talk minor threat one more time in uh, round seven when ben takes them obviously uh so i will take my number seven heartbreak round 
Oh, I'm going to take some off the aggression LP, and it's hard to narrow it down. But I'm just going to go SATC because it is a classic punk song. And I love like some of the mentality like about like being at a show and raging with your friends and like whatever. Like it can be wild on the inside and like, you know, it's, it's our thing, right? But you don't want it to like spill outside because you don't want shit to get shut down. And it's like rage inside, you know, but like don't tear up the club and don't like act like a hard ass by like throwing bottles and shit. Like if you want to like be hard, you can like go in the pit. You know what I mean? And uh, I love it. I love songs from punk and hardcore bands about punk and hardcore, you know, that like look inward. I don't think we always have to try to be like singing about giant topics. Like if hardcore is a big part of your life, like sing about that too, you know? And uh, it's pretty sick. Please have the power to stop our gigs. Can you see the thrashers encourage the pigs? So sick, dude. You know, throw them in the pit if they think they're tough. I'm telling you this for the future of us. God, so good. And it's a perfect, like, mid-tempo banger. Like, SATC, slamming at the club. So sick. Unfuck with the ball. And uh, aggression. 1983, Nardcore. What's up? Ben, what do you think about this? Best Nardcore band ever. Great pick. Um, interesting. You're... you're- very um, in tune with song structure, Zach. And this is a definitely a song with an A part, a B part, and a C part that repeats. And I couldn't tell you what's the verse, what's the chorus, and what's the third part. Is that a pre-chorus? Is that like how – have you ever sussed it out, Zach? Have you figured that out? No, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a hard song to follow in that way. Like I sang it when uh... – yeah, when Mark Hickey died, there was a big benefit show at Ventura Theater, and I and Burning Dog played, and Joe let me sing the song with Henry playing guitar. It was so ill, and I just like it's like one of those songs that you feel like you know it because you've heard it so many times, but then like when you're gonna sing it, you're like, man, actually, like this is like sometimes like this part goes, and sometimes it doesn't. Like it is an interesting structure. Um, and I was just like, God, I, I got to not fuck this up. And I listened to it like 20 times before I, I sang it, like in my car. You know what I mean? Just because it's one of those things that you feel like you know it. But yeah, there is a little bit of intricacy to it. So yeah, I feel you. That's a good call out. Um, Clevo, you want to say anything on this or should I shoot it to Dan for his number seven? You can shoot it to Dan. All right, Dan. Heartbreaker round. What do you got? So you go in uh, aggression over ill repute. Yeah, the irrepute recording is just so bad. Like yeah. Sleepwalking is on it, uh, which is like an all-time song. But the recording on the seven inches, like, it's one of the worst recordings in the history of the world. <laughs> so then, when what happens next comes the next year, that's when you champion it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I still like the seven inch. I listen to it. It's just one of those things. Like, it needs to be played on a record player with like you know, the whole acoustics of a room <laughs> It's not something I'm going to listen to like with headphones on or like, you know, um, in my car, like it's a really offensive sounding record, you know, like in a bad way, in my opinion. And it breaks my heart to say that because I think that there's like songs on there that are great. Um, but yeah, like that's why I'm not choosing it, but we'll be on my honorable mentions. Yeah. So this is truly heartbreaker because I mean, if you don't like Dan, this is sorry. I, I turned my head away because my heart is breaking. <laughs> um, 
the the fact that I don't think, even though it's there right now, and I don't think I'm going to take it. So hopefully, Clevo does because or ben <laughs> does because so they can be on the playlist. Is United Blood the title track? You know, but yeah. I, I have to be true to myself, and I I'm going to take um, Arms Race by the Partisans. I mean, this song is so good. It starts out the guitar tone is so good and um it has like the fast like amazing like punk style um for this like punk oyish like fast um whoops sorry my headphones are going off um verse delivery but then the the chorus is so good with the um the lyrics of it goes into the really tuneful like um, things, and then this is going back to what I was talking about about nuclear war being on the on the verge of potentially breaking out around these times, and this is something like dealing with it lyrically. Um, I don't know. I, I, are you all familiar with this song? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. It's good. It's good. Uh, in '83, it's not making my list. No, but yeah, it, 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 dude. The verses sound so British. Like respect for taking it, you know. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, oh, oh, yes, oh, no, yeah. Exactly the, the the way that the verses go, like, like no, it's a god, like, but then the joining the arms race seems a lot of fun. You know, like it switches up, like so. It's like ba da 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 da, da and then it goes to that very tuneful oi esque chorus. I'd say I it goes like it's, anthemic. It's like more anthemic than it is like tuneful. I mean, I guess it's, it is tuneful. It just doesn't have like that that super feel good like kind of poppy chorus like Blitz and Coxbar give me. It's more yeah. anthemic than that. I don't know. Yeah, and it's also dealing with probably a little bit. You know, it's being a bit sarcastic, but it's like fingers on the button, no need to use a gun. And you could just imagine tons of people singing along to it. Right. I don't know. I really, I really love it. I, I'm being true to myself. I could have just because '84 gives us victim in pain. If if we didn't have that around the corner on the next year, obviously United Blood. Like if it ended after United Blood, like I'd yes. have to have that. No, I think this is a great pick. Um, I think it's sick. You know, we talk about, or I talked about, like the Ramones, like really walking that line of like punk and power pop, and like this really walks like that oi street punk line. And uh, I mean, obviously they are what they are, right? But like as far as just like musical, it goes a little more on the street side to me. Um, yeah. You know, but it's so. like proto. It's like the emergence of it. You know? No, for sure. It's so early. It's eighty three, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like fucking a. It's so sick. I love this pick, and yeah, hundred percent true to you. Um, Clevo, you want to speak on this at all, or should I shoot it to Ben for his uh, threat pick? No, this is uh, this is going to be something new for me. Sick. Okay, Ben, what is your minor threat song? Well, first, I got to talk about the guitar intro on that Partisans record. I don't know if that's a phaser or a flanger, but that motherfucker's turned to 10. My God. Absolutely. 
Um, I think it's phase. Yeah, I think you're right. I apologize to anyone listening with their headphones. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I bought that because of Dan. Anyway, good record. Um, I don't even think it made my honorables, but you know what's making my number seven pick? Um, Dan got side A, track one from Out of Step. Um, uh, You're going look back and laugh, obviously. Zach got side A, track two. Clevo got side A track three, and I've got to f- round out the entire first side of Minor Threat out of step with Look Back and Laugh. There you go. Motherfuckers, quick yeah. to kiss, talk your shit, don't fuck with this. Man, what a great stanza of swear words. Um, this is kind of like one of the more emotional Minor Threat songs. It's I, I interpret it as like they kind of – Ian's kind of sees the writing on the wall and like these guys are not getting together, not getting along with each other. <laughs> so it's sort of like uh, one day we'll look back at, you know, us fighting with each other and we'll laugh about it because um, we're heading in separate directions and who can't relate to that? Who, who hasn't had a friend's friend group and that they, uh, you know, headed off into different directions in life. Um, sort of, uh, kind of the template for what I love so much about turning point, you know, that sort of vibe. Um, this might be my favorite song on this record. It's so hard to really narrow it down to one song though, just cause it's so great all the way through. Um, but uh, this is almost like, this is definitely the most epic in my eyes is a very epic minor threat song, but this is an epic one too. Uh, the riff. Yeah, the riff. yeah, great, great riff. Um, so that's it. Damn, that's it. We got minor threat, minor threat complete. <laughs> yeah, Dan, what version do you have? You know, off the top of your head, I've got. I've. This is one of those records that I have all of them except for that random eight dollar one. The pay no more than eight dollar. That's the one that I I still need. Seventh press. Yeah that that's the only one I need. I've got this. I've got first press of this twice, and then I've got the the UK, the Deutschmarks, the, the. I mean, Clevo's got them all too. I know no, he does. No, I only I have a first press and only. That's all I got. Wow. I don't. I don't. I. I've. Um, kind of limited myself. I, I buy original pressings and I try not to have multiples of a lot of our records. Respect. I think I'm fifth press only. So, uh, yeah, that's that. When you guys say first press, you mean that the back cover is completely black or do you mean? Yeah. Black yeah. back. Okay. Okay. And it has the, uh, it has the whistling at the end of, uh, what do you call it? The, the mix it's got the original mix. It's now, I think that's the mix. It's now streaming. Um, but they they changed the mix on the later ones. The one with the, the violins version. at the end? It's like an entire the tuning. The, or- yeah. the orchestra tuning. It's not on the first press. It's on everything else. Oh, okay. But there's, uh, think- there's whistling at the end of... Uh, I think it's at the end of It Follows Me. He's like... <laughs> yeah, that's on the CD. The whistling. Oh, maybe. It, so maybe that's not on the first press. The orchestra is not on the CD. <laughs> anyway, okay. Clevo, let's go to you for your heartbreak pick, and then we'll speed through because we're at two hours already. Man, um, this is a heartbreak pick, but I, I this is another band I want to talk about. So uh, I'm going to go Cause for Alarm in Search of. Um, nice. 
I love the song. Um, I've said before, this is, this is the, I think this is the original band we talked about flying under the radar because it was reissued too early because victory reissued the seven inch in the nineties on CD. And for some reason, I, I feel like despite being on victory and putting out the records they did and the split with the split with uh war zone, um, this record, I don't think gets talked about enough. Um, and the song in search of, um, this is another one of those that it's like, it's like super fast and tight because it's like, it's got all those stops and starts in it. Um, you know, and it's like a just super positive, super positive song. Um, it's cause for alarm early New York hardcore. It's fast. It's tight. Um, Keith's voice, you know, he doesn't have a very growly voice. It's like, his lyrics are very clear, um, man. And it's, it, it's a record that really should be, um, you know, if people don't hold it at the, at the same level as some of those early other early New York records, they're missing out because this, this one is, is, is top tier. Yeah. I mean, like it's a, it's a hardcore seven inch in 83, right. And it's really good. You know, like all the songs except for the last one are like a minute, which is sick. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I'm one of those people like this has always been like second tier for sure. Maybe even third tier of this era, just because I think maybe it is a singing like this, this is cool. I'm glad it's on the playlist and I like this. I'm not trying to slag it. Um, but like, yeah, maybe the singing is just too normal. There's like, it doesn't sound that unhinged. You know, and the bass is like loud. I don't know. Also, also Kabula on bass. Yeah, well, he turned it all the way up. You know, the mix is not that great on it. Um, but yeah, it's good old hardcore. Like I, I enjoy this. I would just say that, like, if we're comparing things against like the Antidote seven inch, it's like it definitely lost. And like, there's other things that, even if I'm gonna like not say they're as good as the Antidote Seven Inch, they have like a charm to them. Like the the Urban Waste, like definitely has a charm to it. Like I can see how someone would like that more than the Antidote, possibly. But like this is just, it's just a, a step below. But like hardcore in '83, like it's some of the greatest stuff ever. Like I would still give the Seven Inch, like I don't know, a seven out of ten. You know what I mean? It's just like, but it's in a year where there's so many eight nines and tens. It just like sits where it does. You know, do you think that's unfair, Clevo? Like, I'm kind of the guy you're talking against here. Um, I mean, it's personal preference. Like, you know, like people like chocolate, people like vanilla. Um, I mean, do I, I mean, did I, I mean, I very easily could have taken an antidote song. You know, I could have taken something off of United Blood. Um, you know, I'm going to be mad at myself probably that I didn't. But like, uh, also, you know, I, uh, you know, there's just certain bands, you know, we, we talk about the same bands all the time. I kind of want to talk about some different stuff from this year too. No, I, I love the pick and I love what it's on the playlist. Like I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Maybe I'm just like disappointed in myself that this never like connected to me as much. No, I remember when victory, you know, reissued this, um, you know, I was, I was really excited, got it and, you know, listened, listened to it. I mean, what it's probably like, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, but I listened to it a hell of a lot that summer that it came out. So, um, just really kind of clicked with me and, um, yeah, cause this is one of those records too, that like, you know, I, I never saw an original copy of it until well into the, well into the nineties. Um, you know, it's just a record that just wasn't around. Yeah. I yeah. Definitely and and, and a, a thing that I think 
it, they suffer from legacy wise of like many, many different generations of hardcore getting kids getting into hardcore and, and looking back is the fact that AF did an LP called cause for alarm. And it almost like steals their thunder to what? an extent. Well, I mean, they did an LP called cause for alarm with two members of cause for alarm in the band. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when people are getting into something and they get told, oh, check this out and check this out. It almost like, it almost like just denigrates, not denigrates, it almost just steals the thunder oh. of, of their own contribution. Well, I will say though, I think this song is awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. And I love that it's on the playlist. I'm going to give it another shot. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Oral mentions. Good God, dude. No one took the misfits. Shame, shame, shame. Uh, Demonomia. I love how it's like it just kicks, you know, it's like slower for a second and then just blazes in. Good God, man. Uh, Suicidal Tendency, Subliminal, Bad Brains, Rock for Light, Destroy Babylon, Ill Repute, Sleepwalking, one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, God, I'm sorry, Stefan. I forgot your pronunciation. Anti CMX, uh, Total Silence, <laughs> 25 Brave, Evil, Seven Seconds, Committed for Life. The song that sounds more like Minor Threat than any other song ever. That's yeah. not Minor Threat. Uh, a really, uh, Adrenaline OD, House Husband, Battalion of Saints, Second Coming, Ben Got It, D.I., Richard Hung Himself, Classic SoCal Punk, uh, Deep Wound, Video Prick, that's a mid-tempo banger off that, uh, Die Cruisin' or D Cruisin' or however the fuck you want to say it. Staff <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll wait for Staffin to tell me how to pronounce it, please. Uh, the song Pain, uh, Government Issue, No Way Out, Iron Cross, You're a Rebel, why die? Uh, the whole seven inch. Shout out Joe Hardcore. Urban Waste. Ignorant. CIA. Love and War. Uh, the Dicks. Bourgeois. Fascist Pig. What's up? That's so sick. Uh, DRI. Commuter Man. Uh, Gizm. Document One. With those Maiden guitars. Good God, man. And uh, Clevo getting chased out of Boston for not taking anything from the FUs. I'm taking you night or lose. <laughs> uh, Dan, honorable mentions. Let's speed through them. Okay. Um... The Violators, Die With Dignity, Peter and the Test Tube Babies, The Jinx, the guitar riff on that is just so unbelievable. Coxborough, where are they now? Coxborough, take them all. Coxborough, working. Coxborough, England belongs to me, but, you know, that's 82. So, uh, Minor Threat, Little Friend, absolute banger. Um, negative Approach, Tied Down, no one took that. Um, hello? <laughs> um SSD, Force Down Your Throat, SSD, Exclaim, AF, United Blood, Bad Brains, the Rock for Light recording of Right Brigade and Attitude, The Oppressed, Work Together, The Oppressed, Ultraviolence. I can't believe no one took this next song, Wipers, Over the Edge. Oh, I had uh, on my real list. That's why I didn't make it on my honorables, Messenger. Ah, that's another killer. Uh, rudimentary peni rotten to the core red alert we've got the power discharge the price of silence antidote real deal life as one <laughs> zero mentality got me on the line yes um and i'll just i'll just wrap it up there um well public opinion urban waste um i'll wrap it there and let you lot say some more stuff yep full antidote seven inch uh ben go ahead Seven seconds, drug control. 
I had crucifix annihilation, SSD forced down your throat, CIA, who cares going into the song Death, The Mob, Step Forward, Anti, Be Free. Uh, I had antidote, Something Must Be Done, Beverly Hills Youth Brigade, <laughs> AKA LA Youth Brigade, Did You Wanna Die, Also Fight to Unite, Channel 3, All My Dreams, Deep Wound Video Prick, The Mid. The band that tried to play as fast as they could and their mid-tempo song was the best song. The Abused, Drug-Free Youth. Uh, Negative Approach, Tied Down, Government Issue, Teenager in a Box. Uh, Faith, Say No More. Husker Do, It's Not Funny Anymore. The Faction, Skate and Destroy. Circle Jerks, Coup d'etat. Articles of Faith, By This War. AF, Friend or Foe. Meat Men, Mr. Tapeworm. Uh, Minutemen, Bob Dylan Wrote Propaganda Songs. Uh, Urban Waste Public Opinion, Aggression Stop the Clock, D.I. Reagan Dare Fuhrer, D.R.I. I Don't Need Society, Fang, The Money Will Roll Right In, Misfits, Devil Lock, Coxbar Riot Squad, Partisans, I Never Needed You, Blitz, New Age, Angelic Upstarts, Woman in Disguise, Newtown Neurotics, Kick Out the Tories, Big Boys, Brick Wall, Big Black Cables, Riptides, Tomorrow's Tears, The Exploited, Let's Start a War, Breakouts, yes. Trouble, Flesh Eaters, Life's a Dirty Rat, Legal Weapon, What a Scene, DYS, Circle Storm, Malignant Growth, Hopeless, Zero Boys, I Need Energy, uh, 45 Grave, Party Time, UK Subhumans, No, X, I See Red, Los Alvedados, Listen to You, B-52's Legal Tender, The Replacements, Run It, Bad Religion, Chasing a Wild Goose, and Big Country, Fields of Fire. Dude, I did not know that Loud and Clear was this year. I thought it was 82 for some reason. God damn it. I would have taken Just Another Fool for sure. I don't know what it would have bumped, though. But god damn, that's 83. I know. We should have done a Super 14. <laughs> it should have been, been a Super 10 for 83. God damn it. Or we should have like initiated that rule again, like the only a band can only get picked once You know, for this one, maybe. I don't know. Clevo, honorable. Uh, AF, Discriminate Me, Antidote, Life is One, um, Blitz, Fatigue, um, Circle Jerks, Under the Gun, um, GI, Teenager in a Box, Who's Gonna Do? It's Not Funny, um, let's see, uh, Misfits, a couple of Misfits songs, uh, you know, uh, Death Comes Ripping, Devil Lock, let's see, Negative Approach, Hypocrite, and Said It's Done. I, it's going to kill me that I didn't take anything off of that. Um, let's see, Rudimentary P&I, uh, Rotten to the Core. Um, this is the, oh, Business, Suburban Rebels LP. I, I'm, I'm mad that nothing off, uh, nothing on that got on this list wipers over the edge faith subject change dirty rotten imbeciles suicidal fu's my america and crucifix crucifix see through their lies yeah, we should call out negative approach uh, evacuate maybe the best slow hardcore song ever so, so that's 83 yeah i mean it's impossible like but i just look at my list it's like i can't lose any of this like i wanted that wiper song so bad but uh and it got left on the table. Fucking A. All right, everyone. 1983, Killer Year for Hardcore. Dan, where can the people find you? On Instagram, at Southport Instagrammer. Ben, where can the people find you? On Instagram, at Cold Chillin' Book. And Clevo, where can the people find you? At Clevo on Instagram. Awesome. Everyone, get at me. 185 miles south at gmail.com is the best way. I respond to everyone. 
also 185 miles south on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, also uh, Zach Retaliate or Zach Oxton. Uh, what the fuck am I? Zach Retaliate on Instagram. <laughs> and yeah, I don't use that one very much. And also, you know, Retaliate is the best on Instagram. Everyone, we love you all. We'll talk to you next week on Patreon.